the IZ Robot Stuck at Home Show. Hey kids, it is me, it's your dude, I see robots, and we're back for another super exciting, super fun episode of the Second Home Show. That's the one where, like, there is this terrible virus outside, so we all gotta hide in the house and just, like, do what we can do to strive and survive and keep moving through this, uh, really, um, wacky, wacky, weird world. I... I don't have anything fun to open this week. It's been kind of a uh, wild weekend in a in a sense, but by the time you hear this, it will have been long past. So this is this is old news to me, old news to anybody who lives in the Santa Rosa area, but it is new news to you guys. So I thought that I would share it to you. It's not even really news; it was just like non-news. But it was I don't know. Over over this past weekend, we had a giant windstorm, which is a uh, precursor normally. To massive wildfires, what happens is normally here in California, we have like this super whack infrastructure as far as our local power company. So the wind hits, power lines get knocked down, fires get started out of the like, I don't know, four or five major fires that we've had. I think all of them were attested to the PG&E. There was one that was lightning strikes, which has nothing to do with them, but the other ones are all PG&E related. So when the wind gets big... We all get worried, and one thing that they do when this happens is the power company goes ahead and they flick the power off to any areas that might be affected by this, and it leads you to be, like, powerless for days and days and days. In the past, I think last year, I was without power in the month of October for something like 16 days straight. We were just, like, stuck in the house like cavemen doing nothing, so this time... It wasn't that bad. We're already, like, way through October, and we've only been powerless for, like, a couple days so far. So it was fine. But over this past weekend, we got the notice from the power company that we were going to lose power throughout the whole thing. And luckily, it wound up not happening. But as I understand it, there are still people out there right now who don't have power. They they try to predict where the winds are going to be heaviest, they try to predict what areas are going to be, like, most affected by everything, and they turn the power off as specifically as they can to those areas. So we got the notice on, I think, Thursday, saying that over the weekend they were going to flick it off. So we went into, like, blackout preparedness. We have this big battery that we power up and use to, like, light the lights and do things like that. We have, like, a million little, like, small power banks that we have to charge up. We got to get the solar lanterns all set. We got to get everything as set as we can be. And then there's, like, a ton of other little small things that you don't really think about. Like, you got to get ahead on the laundry because you might not be able to do laundry for, like, a week. Because these things have gone on for, like, quite a long time. So I'm pumping out the laundry doing the dishes, just doing every single thing I can do. I'm trying to get ahead on shows. I'm doing everything I can think of to prepare for, like, this time. I'm not going to have power. But then we got a message saying that we were, in fact, not going to lose power, which is great. And I'm I'm not complaining. I'm It's awesome. I'm super happy that it didn't happen. But the whole time, like, you're on edge. You're on edge because, like, at any moment, your power can go off. At any moment, like, the winds can start blowing and, and like, your whole world can get infernoed. But it didn't happen. And that's that's all good, like I said. But, like, like Tom Petty said, the waiting is the hardest part. So we're, like, sitting here waiting for the power to go off, waiting for it to go off, and it never goes off. And then over the weekend, the windstorm did hit. And it was it was pretty big. I understand that, like, in a lot of areas of Santa Rosa, it wasn't that major. But where we are, like, right next to the hills, the wind comes, like, it comes swooping down with major force. There were, like, a lot of tree branches blown off near us, a couple trees knocked down. Things were getting blown all over the place. But luckily, there was no fire. But 
knowing that there is such a potential for the fire, it's like really, really hard to sleep. I gotta tell you guys, it's like super hard to zonk out, super hard to get the the proper amount of Z's. So your boy like, your boy kind of stays up doom scrolling through uh various Twitter feeds, like the Cal Fire feed, the Santa Rosa Fire feed. There were like, there were like a few small things that jumped off. I think I read that like four different power lines went down, one over in Bennett Valley, one in Sebastopol, and a couple other places, and there were, like, small little blazes, but nothing that, like, the fire people weren't able to punch out really quick, because when this happens, they get on the ball, they call in resources from other districts, they wait in, uh, they wait in, like, the high-risk areas just in case something's gonna jump off, they're on top of it, which I applaud them for, they were able to knock everything out before anything happened, but, man, it is stressful, and, like, the newspaper... The newspaper has all these, like, super scary headlines about how this is going to be the biggest windstorm in 29 years. This is going to be the biggest windstorm since the 2017 Tubbs fire. Get ready. Get your go bags all set to go. It's going to be hard. So with the stress of the bug and the stress of just, like, everything going on, the stress of the previous fire is still in effect. Man, your boy is, like, jumping out of his skin right now. But it's fine because I feel in some ways we're past the worst of it. We're past the worst of the fire season. It's going to rain soon. We got, like, we got rain forecasted in the next couple weeks. And then all through December it's supposed to rain. And that's awesome. Once it starts, once it starts jumping off, you don't got to worry about the fire as much. But still, man, the, uh, the tension. The tension of the waiting is really, really, really hard. But I'm fine. We made it through it. I hope you guys are doing well. I hope everything's going good for you guys. I hope you guys have gotten your flu shots. Like I suggested the other week, because that's going to be really, really, really important. I think it's all going to jump off like crazy during the winter. I don't want to be an alarmist. I'm just trying to be a realist. Get that flu shot to kind of put yourself ahead of the game. I was at Walgreens. I was at the Walgreens the other day looking for the new Minimates. There's supposed to be some new ones out for the uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier TV show that's supposed to be coming out on Disney Plus at some time in the future. And I, I was over there looking for that, and they had a big sign on the door that said... The COVID vaccine is not available yet. And it made me think, I wonder if they're getting bothered, like, left and right. You think there's people showing up going, so, man, let me get that COVID shot. Let me get that shot from the bug. I can't imagine that's true because I don't know anywhere that's, like, saying that there is a shot available. I don't know anybody that's saying, like, it's available now, bro. Head down to your Walgreens to get that COVID shot. So, I guess maybe there's, like, some kind of, like, conspiracy-minded people who are, are thinking that's happening. I don't know. I have no idea. But I was... I was surprised to see that, and then when I got in there, I didn't even find the Minimates. They still had the same old ones that they've had all along. The toy shelves here seemingly never, not never, get restocked, which is whack when I go to the Walmart, never restocked. When I go to the Target, never restocked. The Target's the worst. When I go there, there is, like, nothing. You could take everything at the Target and put it in one shopping cart. I'm not even, I am not even kidding. The toy section is so bombed out. It is so depleted, it's awful, but I I can't complain because I'm still here. I don't have the bug. I didn't get disintegrated in a massive wildfire, so it's like, what else is there in the world to uh, whine about? The fact that I can't find the uh, latest G.I. Joes. I still want to whine about it, but it doesn't seem appropriate in, in, in the way the world is right now. But it's all good. It's all fine. I just had my birthday, which is decent. We, uh, of course, couldn't go out and do anything fun, but still... I had a good time. I got a couple comic books, which is dope. I got the, uh, the wife and the kid got me some comic books that I've had my eye on for a while. One of them is the first appearance of the Huntress. It's like All-Star Comics number 64. I forget. I don't have it around here near me. But the Huntress is like, she's one of those, uh, Gotham characters, you know. She's been in movies. She's been on the Birds of Prey TV show that was on the WB a long time ago. This is a comic I've had my eye on for a while. And then I got... 
Superboy number zero. This is the more modern Superboy, the one that's on the uh, Teen Titans TV show, the one that's Connor. It's number zero, the first appearance of King Shark. I've always liked King Shark. I think he's kind of fun. He's had a few appearances in other sorts of media. He was on The Flash. You saw King Shark in that. King Shark was also on the uh, Harley Quinn cartoon, the one that's on Disney Universe, the one that's DC Universe, rather, and is going to be moving to HBO Max. That's a really great cartoon. If you guys haven't seen that, it's R-rated, tons of swearing, tons of uh, off-color humor, but it's hilarious. King Shark's on that, and then King Shark is going to be in the upcoming uh, Suicide Squad movie by James Gunn. So I don't know, man. I see there could be some potential upswing on this character. At any rate, let's uh, let's move forward to the show. We got a new message from uh, Sarah the Sausagetarian. Let's see what uh, she has to say about things. Go! The Pandemic Pantry with your host, the Sausagetarian. Guys, hey, it's me, Sarah Burr, the Sausagetarian, and we're going to take a little field trip from the Pandemic Pantry today to the Board of Elections. I got a little story for you. I signed up to be a poll worker because I wanted to help out. You know, a lot of our poll workers are older. They're in a higher risk group for getting the COVID. So I was like, you know what? I'm young. I'm healthy. I can step up. I can do this. And they called me in to come in for trading. And I went in today and I had my mask on. And there were maybe about a dozen of us total in this room, spread out decently, like eight feet apart at these little stations, right? And the woman from the Board of Elections started the training. And about 10 minutes into it, I was getting really into it too, right? Like I haven't been in a room with 12 other people to do a thing in, in months and months and months. I love people. I love interacting with people. I love learning. I was like, yeah, this is it. This is this, is this stuff. This is it. But then the woman leading the training said, I think it's safe enough in here and we're far enough apart that we can take our masks off if we want. And she took off her mask and then, I don't know, maybe about three quarters of the other people in the room did too. Um, I don't, I don't want to be in a room of like 10 unmasked people for an hour and a half. And that's how long the training was. And at that moment, right away, she lost my attention. I was so full of feeling. I still am. Can you tell? And I left. I left. I stayed for a little bit longer and I left because I didn't want to put up my hand and say, you know what, I'm actually quite uncomfortable being in this room with people not wearing masks. Can you all please put them back on? Um, Hi, I'm Sarah Can you put your mask back on? Right, like none of us want to be that person. But you know what? We have to be that person now. I've noticed that we're all getting a little laxed. We're all getting a little tired and exhausted of this stuff. But you have to be the person who sits the tone. You got to be the one with the mask on. And I just want you guys to be safe. You know, I'm getting weary. I think we're all getting a little weary, but keep your mask on. Do what you got to do. I guess I could have said something, but I didn't. That's a whole other story. But the main thing is do what you need to do to be safe. This story doesn't have a great ending. It's a messy, weird, ambiguous ending. Um, But the moral is just wear your mask. It's the best thing for you. It's the best thing for everyone. I love you. I want you and your people to be well, and I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. I've known Sarah for a long time, like like 20-plus years. She's one of my oldest, like, most dearest friends, and I've never known her to be 
Well, that's not true. I, I was going to say that I've never known her to be the emotional type, and that's not entirely true, because she has emotions like anybody else. I've seen her get angry, I've seen her get mad, but I, I've never seen her, like, blow her stack or get, like, super upset for no reason. So for her to walk out of something that I knew she was looking forward to, because she'd been emailing me about how excited she was to get out there and help with the democratic process, and I, I was, like, down with that. I was really happy that she was doing it, but to see her walk out and not even want to participate in something important like that, it's like, you know what has to be serious, and dudes, we gotta take this stuff still serious. I know everybody wants it to go away. I know everyone wants it to go, like, and just disappear into the ether and be over. I, myself, want to go to the movies. I want to go roller skating. I want to do all these things that I enjoy, but they're not going to go away unless we take it seriously. Things like this take a lot of perseverance. They take a lot of grit. They take a lot of courage. And just imagining it's over and hoping it will be over doesn't mean it's over, bro. It doesn't. It just doesn't. The more the more you do that, the longer it will go on. I was um I was thinking about this the other day. I was thinking like the early days of this whole thing where we were still kind of like locked in the house where it was like this super strict quarantine. Everyone was in the house and it was just like the only time I'd get to go outside was when I was walking my dog. And even when I was out walking the dog, I was afraid that somebody was going to see me and I don't know, shame me, report me to the, the, the bug police. I don't know. I don't know what I thought they were going to do, but I was afraid that they were going to do it to me. So I, I wonder why we're not still in that position when it isn't like things have gotten better. If anything, things have gotten worse. The bug has spread more far and wide. More people are getting sick. More people are dying. But still, people want to go do stuff. People want to go goof around. People want to go eat indoors at restaurants. People want to do all these crazy things when, like, there are dudes dropping dead left and right all over the place. It's just happening. It's just a fact. It's just the way that it is. And I don't want to be a downer. I don't want to be Debbie Downer, but I'm going to be, uh... Ricardo realist that these things are real, man. We gotta be, we gotta be on guard. You gotta wear your mask. If you're in a situation where people are just like taking their masks off, it's like, bro, that's showing me that you're doing like sketchy type, ill type. I don't care about anyone else type behavior. And I'm going to bounce because if you're doing that in public, I don't even know what you're doing in private, man. I have no idea. It's going to be like, I have such a high risk to catch the bug from you doing that. So I got to give it up to Sarah for standing up on her own two feet and telling these, uh, and doing what she thought was right. And I also agree with her that, like, I am not about to confront somebody who's not wearing a mask, dude. Because, it's like, if you don't care about your own life enough that you're going to, like, protect yourself by wearing, like, a flimsy piece of cloth over your face, who knows what kind of weirdo you are. You might pull out a machete and straight lop my head off, bro. I don't even know. And I don't want to know. Let's, uh, let's move forward. Oh, before we do, got to send a shout out to Sarah for sending these in. She's a great gal. You can find her at thesausagetarian.com. On the tweets, at Sausagetarian, at Sausagetarian on the Instagram. It is well worth it. You can follow her daily adventures. She posts all kinds of fun pictures of her out there looking for pawpaws. Out there doing whatever, man. She's a great gal. We love her to death. Let's move forward into Calgon Take Me Away. Soak of the year. I just took a bath. It's disgusting. A bath. Um, very good soak. The soak of the year. A bath. The soak of the year. Oh, God. A bath. 
All right, we are back. It is me, your guy, Icy Robots. And just the other day, I was taking a luxurious soak in the Calgon. I had the Calgon. I had the Epsom salts. I was like in it to win it with the water up above my eye level. I'm just kidding. I wasn't like all the way in there. But you know what? Sometimes when I'm in the tub, I think like it might be exciting and fun to like flip the lights off and just like soak there in the dark like I'm in a, uh, what do you, what do you call it? With, uh... A sensory deprivation tank. Is that what they call it? Kind of like go in under the water with just like, with just my nostrils out like an alligator. Just letting the, uh, water overtake me. Letting the feelings go away. Letting all the bad of the world just like float off into space. Anyhow, the last time we were here, we were doing some bathtub talk. And we got, we got to the topic of Reader's Digest magazines. And how I would spend a lot of my time in my youth just like looking at these magazines that my grandparents would bring home. When I was... When I was small, and I have mentioned this before, I would pick up my brother from school, and we would both walk home, and we would um, hang and clang there until my, my parents got got back. He was, like, way into video games. He had, like, his NES and the Atari and all this stuff, and I would, like, go off and do whatever it is I was doing. There's there's a five-year difference between the two of us, and we would spend a lot of time together, but there's also, like, a lot of time apart. He's doing kid stuff. I'm doing, like, older, older kid stuff, and I would um spend a lot of time by myself, like reading and drawing, and I got to thinking when I was in the tub, like, what were some other things that I would do to, like, pass the, uh, pass the hours? It was usually, like, we'd get home, like, 3, 3.30, probably more like 4. Then we'd watch, like, G.I. Joe and the Transformers on, uh, KTVU Channel 2 here in the Bay Area, and then we would just, like, do whatever. We would do, like, solo activities until my parents got home, like, 6, 6.30, something like that. My dad was working in the city, at the time, and my mom was working at the Marshalls over on San Rosa Avenue, which is now a REI, right next to the, uh, where the Toys R Us used to be. But, but anyhow, I would, I would spend a lot of my time drawing, and I'm a terrible artist, like, awful. I have no drawing skills whatsoever, despite spending, like, time and time and time doing this. But one, one, one thing that I would like to do when I was drawing is I had those, I had those long sheets of paper, the kind that you would use when you were, like, first learning how to how to write, they were, like, long, like, what do you call it? They were, like, letterboxed, like, long and skinny that way. I had, like, sheets and sheets and sheets of those papers. What I would do was I would draw these battles, and how I would do it was I would draw two armies, one on each side of the paper. I would have, like, I'd have, like, a certain amount of um, characters on each team, I would determine. Like, it'll be, like, a seven-on-seven. Like, on one side, I might draw, like, a whole bunch of cowboys, then I would draw a bunch of cowboys on the other side, and then I would get a ruler, and one of the cowboys would shoot, and I would, like, trace it all the way across with the ruler, and he would hit the other cowboy, and the cowboy would lose, like, a certain amount of hit points. I would, like, I would, like, designate hit points for each of the guys before we went in. This was, like, an early form of, like, role-playing to me. For example, like, this cowboy here with the two six-guns. He might have eight hit points because he's on a horse. This one over on the other side might only have four hit points because he has a smaller gun. And no horse. And I would just, like, go all the way across with with the the ruler and the crayons and, like, zap it and zap it and zap it until one guy's entire army was completely destroyed. And then when they were, when somebody was killed, I would, like, draw over them with, like, red crayon. Like, they, like they exploded. I would do this, like, at this desk in the reading room. Like, I don't even know. Like, hours and hours and hours a day. And then over time, I kind of, 
I kind of started to mix it up to where it wasn't like cowboys versus cowboys. It was like cowboys versus spacemen or like spacemen versus like medieval knights. And I would just like, I would do this forever. And I would eventually like move into where I was designating characters like this guy here. This guy's name is J.J. Fad, and he's the best of all the Cowboys, and he, he's moved on to, like, make an all-star team, and he's going to take on a team of knights that are uh, led by Sir Galloween or whatever. And I, I'm i not even kidding when I tell you the amount of times I would do this. I would just, like, do this over and over and over again. I think that, like, I think I was a lonely kid. I think I was a weird kid. But I imagine that you guys all did something similar. So I would spend my time reading, like, Reader's Digest magazines. And then when I was done with that, I would draw, like, battles of cowboys versus, uh, cowboys versus Martians or aliens versus, let's say, American Indians, that kind of stuff. It was fun, though. I was thinking that, like, I might want to do this again someday. It might be kind of cool to draw, like, I don't know, the Wu-Tang Clan and have them fighting against the, uh, characters on M.A.S.H., or something. I don't know. It was it was a pretty fun way to spend the time. I had a lot of fun making the guys explode. That was, like, the coolest part. Like, somebody would get killed, and I would draw, like, the red all around them. Sometimes I would draw, like, a head popping off or, like, an arm flying off in another direction. What were some of the weird ways that you would spend your time when you were a kid? We all had, like, these weird little diversions, these weird little games that we would make up. And this is, like, this is, like, well before the days of, like, regular gaming. When I said earlier my brother had the NES and he had the Atari, that's not entirely accurate. I don't think that we got the NES until we moved off this house into another house. But we did have an Atari. We had an Atari with a black and white TV. And I also had a computer. I had a Tandy, a Tandy computer with a tape deck. And we would play the Tandy a lot. We would play the Atari a lot. But he was like, and still is, way, way, way more in, into video gaming than I am. I like video games. I think they're fun. I think they're fine. They're a nice diversion. But I don't like, I don't like live that gamer lifestyle. Like, like some people do. I, I way prefer, like, arcade games than I do to home games. I honestly, like, the only game system I have right now, I have a PlayStation 2 that I'll, I'll play, like, uh, Fire Pro Wrestling, like, every once in a blue moon. And that's, that's about it. The kid, the kid 2.0, she has a gaming computer that she built herself. And she has, like, a PlayStation 4 and all this stuff. She's, like, heavily into that gaming culture. But myself, I don't know, man. Anytime I spend playing video games... I kind of feel like I'm wasting my time. Like, I feel like maybe I should be doing what I'm doing right now, or maybe I should be working on some of my other creative pursuits, or maybe I should be like, I don't know, out in the backyard blowing the leaves out of the, uh, out of the paths that we've, that we've built. Not to say that gaming's a waste of time, because in a, in a, in a sense, everything is a waste of time, but I just, I don't feel it as much as some people do. I've really, like, drifted off track on this. I was, where did we start? Oh yeah, we were in the soak, we were in the Epsom salts, we were in the uh, sensory deprivation tank, we were talking about this weird drawing game that I used to do, and then we drifted off into talking about the Tandy. My favorite game on the Tandy was this game called Downland, and I, I don't really have a lot of memories of the game, except like you would run through like, you would run through different levels, it was sort of like Mario-esque in that the guy, I believe the guy was a construction worker, Whereas Mario was a plumber and you would like take him through these different levels. And my brother and I would play this game like all the time. We did not have a lot of games on the Tandy. We had Downland and we had like Oregon Trail and like a couple others. And we would, we would like tightly keep track of the high score on Downland. We had a board and on this board we would draw or write rather the latest high score. And then if you beat the high score, you had to run and find the other guy. I had to go find my bro to show him, to visually show him I had beat the high score, and then I could write it 
on the board because the Tandy didn't save the game scores or anything. Once you turned it off, everything was gone and you were starting back again. But I, I do have good memories of that Tandy. Let's move forward into the show. Some people have big plans after school. You know what Elliot's going to do? Jeff, too. Elliot's at work on a book report using Scripsit on Radio Shack's Color Computer 3. It hooks up to his TV. <laughs> Dude, Baby. go for it. Relax and enjoy the ride. You watch me get Fred's Fruity Pebbles. Who are you? I'm the master rapper and I'm here to say I love Fruity Pebbles in a major way. He loves Fruity Pebbles in a major way. The bedrock yellow, orange, purple, lime, and red. But to get the fruity taste, I gotta trick Fred. The fruit of Rudy. To get the fruity taste, he's gotta trick Fred. Just let's a rip. Most fruity pebble cereal, part of this nutritious breakfast. Yeah, but that was delicious. I've always been a big fan of the Flintstones. When I was in high school, I would have to take the bus, and to make it onto the bus, I'd have to be there at like 7.30. I think it was like 7.29 or some weird time like that. So I would get up at 6 to get ready, but it took me like half an hour to like get completely unfaded. You know how it is when you're just like, you're laying in bed and you can't move. So during that, during that like 6 to 6.30 period, I would watch an episode of The Flintstones on KTVU Channel 2. The station I used to also watch, G.I. Joe and the Transformers that we just talked about a minute ago. They played like an hour of The Flintstones from 6 to 7 and I would lay in bed and I'd watch the one and then while I was getting dressed and ready I would watch the other one. So The Flintstones have like a really like near and dear place in in, in my heart because I this went on for like years, like the entire time that I was in high school. I would watch these Watch these episodes of The Flintstones, and as such, I've also been a longtime lover of Fruity Pebbles, the the cereal that is backed and sponsored by the amazing, the amazing celebrity endorsement of The Flintstones. As I understand it, like, back in the day, The Flintstones used to actually endorse cigarettes. I think it was Winston, Winston Cigarettes. The show was initially launched as an adult, an adult kind of cartoon, like Family Guy or whatever. But over the years, they realized that there was more money in it to be a kid's show. So, like, they introduced Pebbles and they introduced Bam Bam. And eventually they moved on to work with their longtime sponsor, Fruity Pebbles. As I understand it, Fruity Pebbles was initially launched in 19. 69. Up until then, it was a different cereal known as Rice Crinkles. But then in 1969, they added a uh, fruit element to it and they changed it to Fruity Pebbles. They also changed the look of the cereal. The Crinkles were like puffier and bigger, more like a puffed rice. And the Pebbles are smaller, kind of stone-like in a sense. You can see why they, why they are called Fruity Pebbles. Of course, it's also Cocoa Pebbles. But... I am far more of a fan of the Free Pebbles than I am of the Cocoa Pebbles. Not that there's anything wrong with the Cocoa Pebbles, dude. I like them as well, but the Fruity ones, they just, uh, I don't know, man. They just, they just speak to me. Fruity Pebbles has been, like, a super successful cereal over the year that has, like, a million different spinoffs. Much like, much like my beloved Captain Crunch. Let's see. We saw... Fruity Pebbles in 1969, and then there's been, like, Candy Corn Pebbles, Marshmallow Fruity Pebbles, which is, like, your Fruity Pebbles with little marshmallows in it, Ice Cream Pebbles, Sugar Cookie Pebbles in 2013, Cupcake Pebbles in 2010, Cinnamon Pebbles just a couple years ago, 2017, Peanut Butter and Cocoa Pebbles, that sounds pretty good, Magic Fruity Pebbles, man, over the years, this has been, like, there have been a million, billion different spinoffs, let's see if there, let's see if there have been any exciting prizes 
in the cereal. We all love the cereal prizes. In 1995, they had a set of color-changing dinosaurs. They were like, I'm thinking about the size of like small army men or like uh, Diener, Diener erasers, and you put them in water, icy cold water, and then they would change colors. In 1998, they had like a folding box in, uh, let's see, they included a superhero comic in 1995. They pretty much kept up with a lot of things over the years. There was a pencil holder. This one I like a lot. It is... A set of three different ones. You got Barney, Fred, and Dino. And they're little figurines that you can use to put a pencil in their hand. And then they are pencil holders. Very fun. Very exciting. I I have been eating up on the cereal lately. I got a box of the Fruity Pebs. And while I don't know this for sure, they do taste different than I remember. And I have read on a couple different cereal forums that some people suspect they changed the recipe around 1985. But I don't know how anyone really know this for sure. It's unless you're like a post cereal chemist. How would how would you even know, dude? But I'm I'm liking it. I'm liking the cereal a lot. Next one I'm gonna get up on is is some cocoa pebbles, and then we can check that out at a future date. Until then, let's move forward. Milky cereal out. Sleeper with fruity pebbles, a fruity punch for your mouth. Five knuckle shuffle them in your face. Giant flavors smack your taste buds silly. Part of a fruit delicious complete breakfast. Fruity pebbles. The chop is here. Hey, this is me. This is your dude. I've been, um, I've been extra frazzled lately. I just with like the election going on and the fire scares and all these things. So I've decided to like go back to walking the earth. And I'm, I'm right now at one of my favorite walking the earth spots. That is, of course, Annadale State Park here in Santa Rosa. I'm, I'm out with the wife. She's. She's off around the, the, the way taking pictures, so I'm recording this into my phone right now. I just, I wanted to let you guys know the importance of walking the earth. If you have a park near you that has, like, open space, I, I cannot tell you with, like, enough importance the, the, the joy and the serenity that I get from just coming out here and just, like, you can hear the birds. You hear the birds cheeping right now. It's it's just it's so nice. It's so it's great to just be like to be out walking and feeling the dirt crunching under your feet. I, I just I cannot say enough. We walked we walked all the way up to the this, this hill. We're at the peak of the hill right now. And when I look down, I can see I can see almost the entirety of Santa Rosa out in front of me. And it's just it's so it's just so nice. It's so great. So please please my guys, if you're looking for any kind of serenity, if you're looking for any sort of a peace of mind. There is nothing I can recommend highly enough as walking the earth. Of course, you also get the added benefit of, of having some HPI involved in this. Walking up this hill was a mug, dude. It was tough. My calves are killing me. It's going to suck going going back down. I find that like I find that going down a hill is just as hard as going up a hill. It's really steep. And the power in your calves that you need to go down is almost as hard as the power in your calves you need to pull yourself up but it's all good dude it's all in the name of hpi it's all in the name of walking the earth i'll talk to you guys soon you are listening to the stuck at home show word on the street these boys get butter don't mess with me sucker because we straight gutter All right, my guys, we're going to get ready to head up out of here. I'm back from walking the earth. I'm back in the earth base. It's a nice, cool day out. The sun's out, but it's also like nice, cool air. I'm wearing a uh, long sleeve shirt, which is which is nice. So I'm going to 
I'm going to head for the hills. I'm going to go do some more stuff. I guess I'm not going to head for the hills. I'm going to head back, back from the hills, as it were. But the day that this drops is on a Monday. This is the Monday before the big day, the Monday before the big election. And I cannot implore you enough. Please, if you have not voted already, get out there and vote. We got to do it. We got to get these people up top out of there. They're unethical. They're immoral. They're everything negative that I can say about somebody. We're going to get hit with another wave of the bug, and it's going to be bad. We need to have somebody on top who knows what they're doing. And these people there do not know what they are doing. They do not. They're holding rallies with tons of people neck and neck without masks. They're doing everything they can do to spread this. And I don't know if it's ignorance. I don't know if it's incompetence. I don't know if it's just that they don't care, but they're doing, like, everything they can do to spread this around, so we gotta get rid of them, we gotta get them out, or it's gonna get so much worse. So please, from me, from Gino, from Sarah, from Carlos, go out and vote for our guy Joe Biden. Go out there and vote for him today. If you haven't already, we implore you, it is of the utmost importance. So, with all that said, please, I'm begging you one last time, please just go out there. Go out there and vote today if you haven't already. So, with all that said, this is me, Icy Robot, signing off for everybody in the world who's a good guy. Please do the time. Don't let the time do you. Make sure to vote. It's important. Times seem hard right now. But you gotta believe things are getting better. Birds are migrating again. Rains are back. Stuff's... It's getting better. Things are getting better. This has been an IC Robots radio production. 